Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Two Indie Authors podcast with me, Robert Enright. And me, David B. Lyons. On today's show, we are going to be discussing how you can improve your social media as an author. That's going to be as our main talking point. We will also be answering mm-hmm. a mailbag question that was posted on our Facebook page earlier in the week about writing author bios. And we will end mm-hmm. this week's show, Rob, with private investigator author pf hughes taking the hot seat to face our seven questions i'm looking forward to that i have Mm. to say Uh, however we should begin as we always do robert by discussing the week that was so let's find out what the two in the authors have been doing for their careers over the past seven days you have any good lunch meetings this week or anything rob well as, as i think our listeners who follow us on social media can see you and i met for lunch uh, uh-huh. this this past week which was uh good fun it was nice to hot, hot um this yeah we had a hot lunch date that's what we had um i believe david i had a tuna sandwich oh yeah <laughs> yes yes a nice that looked like a nice tuna melt actually um, yeah um but no it's nice it's nice obviously you live um up near birmingham i live in in high wickham so um it's, it's a few hours between us so we do this virtually uh, our podcast so it's nice to meet in person and discuss some very exciting things we've got planned for the next couple of years i think yeah i think our listeners are going to really like what we we have bubbling under the surface but we, we won't give any details away until yourself and myself have made things official um but mm-hmm. safe to say for our listeners that there's, there's some exciting things coming down the line absolutely aside, aside from your hot tuna melt and your hot date have you been progressing mm. on novels or anything over the past week or so? Well, I, I hit my deadline and the book went off to Emma last week. So nice. I have had a um, kind of a week away from the desks almost um, oh, as I updated great. in the group, you know, the hot to- another hot topic, which is the, the fence I've been painting. That's now been completed. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good man. So, so that's... Uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's that's been it really. Um, not been doing too much. Just been picking up some admin stuff. It um, is a bit of a holiday, of isn't it? Once once our manuscripts go off to the editor, it feels like a bit of a free week or two, doesn't it? Yeah, I kind of take a step back. I don't I don't dive straight into the next one, despite how I've been relatively prolific over the last um, like nine months or so. I do like to yeah. take a couple of weeks where my head's away from books for a while and there's stuff to do. So yeah. So yeah, nothing um nothing major in the world of writing for me. How about you? What have you been up to? Um well this is towards the end of a month now. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, June 29th. So at the towards the end of a month I'm always doing my email newsletter. So that goes out on the first of each month, you see. So um mm on tuesday yeah i I spent a few hours or a couple of hours sort of compiling my email newsletter and a bit like this show i use different features in it like a magazine feature newsletter uh, i think i've shared it on social media before so you can take a look at that um yeah any listeners if they want uh what else did i do oh i got my book cover for my next novella back yeah, it's always an exciting nice. time when you see your book covers for the first time. But uh, mm-hmm. where where I was hoping to get that novella written and um, published in July, it's it's likely to creep into August now because the last couple of weeks, okay. as I've been saying um, on the podcast, I have this big meeting coming up about my um, Alec Ferguson screenplay next Monday. So I've been working on the on the literally on the screenplay over the past couple of weeks. So that's where my attention has gone, and after my novella, my uh, my readers will fume to hear that. So um, yeah, I just had my attention diverted, and I don't know what the next couple of weeks holds. And sort of depends on what happens with this meeting on Monday. I could be stuck um, right into the screenplay again. Or if it's not so good news at the meeting on Monday, I'll be back into my novella. And uh, there's a possibility I could get it out early July, but it's likely to creep into uh, August at this stage.
Okay, Rob, so this week we are going to be discussing as our main talking point how um the fellow our fellow authors can utilize social media to the benefit mm. of their indie author business. Yes, and I think it's worth noting before we do this, <clears throat> this isn't a, a, a discussion about like advertising on social media. Yes, it's um, not we've, absolutely not. We've done a we've done a deep dive into that. And I think on social media you and I predominantly on Facebook. Um, so I guess it's just worth mentioning for me, I think the reason why having a social media presence is quite good and I'm starting to realize the benefit of it since I've started focusing in on it is it's good for like exposure. It is good for um, like pre-orders and things like that. Like it's really good. We talk about cultivating a fan base and it's good for that yeah. mm-hmm. um, more it so than adverts because adverts, adverts you're hitting people cold. Whereas your Facebook, say, or your Instagram, people are following you. They've made the decision to follow you. So it's worth um, like watering that to, to make it grow. Um, obviously, if you don't, if you're not massively into social media, then these tips might not be, be all there for you. But I'd, I'd say it's worth listening because we'll talk about why it's, why it's um, a good thing to do. And also the, the really good one, and it's one we we kind of briefly mention every now and then um and it's not something i don't think it's something you and i chase a lot but having a good solid like social media presence or having a good following on there it can be quite good like for that ego rub because if you post something yeah. on social media say oh, i'm launching a new book and you post it on social media and like two people like it <clears throat> and it's your mum and it's your best friend or yeah. you post something on social media saying got a new but here's the new cover and like a hundred people like it because they're your fans they're your followers that can sort of ignite you even further to want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing yeah i mean dave gochran who's a big voice in the in the author community and um, is constantly going on about super fan and cultivating the fan base and and you know i'm a, I, I love david actually he's a brilliant voice in our community i'm just hesitant for some reason to use the word fan as if we have fans, but I guess we do in a sense. I tend to mm-hmm. probably relate to them as readers uh, more, than fan, mm-hmm. more than fans. But social media is the one area, social media and your email newsletter, they're the areas where you really can cultivate this fan base or this readership base. Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind what Robert's saying there is, um, you know, this is where your readers hang out or your fan base hangs out. So don't leave your social media cold because let's face it, some of us, well, let's say on average, an indie author is releasing a book every four or five months. So you know your your fan base can go cold. You know they're not they're not waking yeah. up every day thinking about you. When's David B. Lyons going to be releasing his next book? So social media is really important in the modern age, and particularly in a digital career. And indie authoring is a digital business. It's a digital career. Just to um constantly keep your readers uh, aware of you. So it's it's. You say it's not marketing. It's kind of marketing in a way, but it's new age sort of um, subliminal marketing in a way that you're constantly making your readers aware of you. So it's important to cultivate your social media. And what Rob and I have done is we've come up with six ways, six simple six simple steps that you can take to uh, make your brand come alive on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, so I think we should just jump straight into it, David. So I'm going to let you you hit us with the first one. Go on. What's your first tip? Okay. Well, my first tip is pretty pivotal to everything else, I guess, that we're going to suggest after this, Rob. So what mm-hmm. our authors who are listening need to do is work out where their audience hangs out on social mm. media. So if you're yeah. writing YA, right, if you're writing young adult romance, um, and you're aiming your books at 19 to 23 year olds or something like that. Well, it's probably likely that audience is on TikTok or maybe Instagram. Yeah. Find out where your audience are, where they reside on social media. If you're writing cozy crime um, and that audience tends to be sort of mostly female and perhaps in the latter stages, in the winter years of their lives, it's 60 years of age or so, they tend to be on Facebook. If you're writing sports bios, I've written a sports bio, you're probably better off on Twitter. So it's not a matter of um, just setting up one social media account and hoping it sticks. Find out where the audience for your books reside on a social media level 
And that's where you should be. Uh, you, you should activate your own social media. So who are the audience for your books? If you don't know this, this is key information. And we've said this plenty of times um, throughout different episodes of the podcast. Who is your audience? What are the age range? What's the sex, the gender? What is the demographic of readership for your books? Okay, now you know that. Where do they hang out on social media? That's where you should be most prominent. Yes. Spot on tip, David. Really, really good point. And it really links into um, stuff we've spoken about before, about people trying to take on too much because they see other people doing it. Yes, um, exactly. And and that's the thing is this, if your audience is predominantly on Facebook, um, such as ours are, I think we can both agree the majority of our audience comes from Facebook. Yes. Um, but then I see someone having phenomenal success with their urban fantasy on TikTok. Yeah. There's a temptation to jump on TikTok and give it a go. But like, I I focus predominantly more on Facebook. Like I'll dabble on TikTok. I'll have a look. I'll see how it works. But because I know where my audience is, I will focus all my energies towards that audience. And that Mm. helps us, that helps us with our success, right? Just common sense, isn't it really? I mean, same as you, I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, such and such an author is, has now sold 500,000 books because he's doing great TikTok ads. That's brilliant. I love that there's there's authors out there really making um, a go of it on TikTok. But their audience is likely to be younger. Do you know what I mean? I know um, that my the people who read my psychological uh, thriller dramas, they're not 22-year-olds. They're more likely 44-year-olds or 54-year-olds. So I need to hang out where they're hanging out. Um, but that's not to say that if you're tempted by TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, or it's always good to test, test, test as I repeatedly say, but finding out where your audience is digitally and then getting a footprint into that digital realm is going to be really beneficial for you. So work it out who your audience is. That's tip number one, and that's where you should be. How can you follow Mm. up from there, Rob? Uh, So that's tip one. I've got one that that dovetails that one lovely, um, if you'll allow me. Nice. Um, Which is um, if you know your audience and you know where they are, you need to you need to know what tone you need to set with how you present yourself so true, online. Yeah. Now that now that is not to say be someone else. <laughs> like, yeah. this, people can sniff um, fakeness immediately. So mm-hmm. so it's always worth remembering that. Don't don't try and be something you're not. Um, what I mean by tone is if you know your audience is of a certain age, a certain demographic. Um, and they're into a certain thing, which is what you're providing. So I use myself as an example. Yeah, I I have I write action fiction, like yeah. um, you know action thrillers. Um, my audience is predominantly, I'd say, men and women from the age, on average, I'd say from about forty upwards. Right. Yes. So I'm that makes so much sense for your genre. Yeah. Yeah. And I know this because I can see from who interacts with my Facebook ads. I can do all the data we talk about. I know all this. So I'm probably not going to write on there how great a romantic comedy was and who my top five favorite, um, I don't know, lovers are from romance films. Because what happened in Love Island last night? Yeah, that's not the tone of of of, yeah. of of what people are there for. I do put stuff in saying like, oh, I watched this TV show, like Slow Horses um, on Apple. Brilliant. Like, or I put in a poll saying, which of these action heroes would you like to see Sam team up against? Great. Things yes. like that. Because I already know they have that interest and that's the tone I set. And yeah, I'm also quite, I think, a bit dry with some of the posts I put up. Yeah. Like, yeah, a bit of humor, a bit of dry humor. Um, and that's the tone I've I've set. So I'd say if you know who your audience are, if you already know that, then you probably sh- should be able to work out quite quickly what tone you should set. Absolutely. And yeah. it's so like key. I said, they, dove, they dovetail really, really well together. And that helps you cultivate that um, interest in your profile. Yes. So there's no point in you being a action thriller writer 
um, and you know your demographic. So on the on the nose, you're both genders, 50-year-olds, okay? That's your prime target audience. They're the guys who are buying your books. They There's no point in you, Olivia, and Sophie going out and, and having a day out at the zoo on Sunday and you taking photographs and um, that being your social media. I mean, you can mm-hmm. do that. I, I share some personal things with my authors. I'm probably giving a bad example there, but your social media um, professionally is not the same as your social media personally. So you share well, those photographs I, um, on your personal. You don't necessarily have to show them on your, your professional. Your professional tone should link to the sort of genre of books that you write in. Yeah, I think that a good link actually. If you if you use my social media as a as an example, there's a big distinction between my my official author page like on Facebook yeah. and my Instagram. So on my Instagram yeah. you'll get things like me at the football or <laughs> you know like um just something random like because that's just my life is on that's Instagram. That's why I'll yeah. show things of like that. Every now and then like I will in my official facebook page i put a picture of olivia in her ballet costume for her first show great yes and i think i put it with like a, a little caption saying i'm not crying you're crying yeah or something like that because my readers know i have a young daughter mm-hmm. who i adore because i've i've put that over and over and over again and yeah. that got more likes than anything to do with my book <laughs> anything well, to do with safe or, or olivia gets more likes than my books because i think they like that little snapshot behind the scenes yeah well, but again that enough, just adds to the authenticity funny enough you stumbled onto tip three actually so we talked about finding your audience as tip one rob's talking detail about get the tone right get the tone right so my tip uh, next tip which is tip number three is to be personal so i always uh. advise for um the authors to show behind the scenes of what yeah. they're doing because i can share you know oh i'm number one ranking here or here's my new book cover or you know I- i've changed the blur what do you guys think of this and it will get good interaction but nothing gets better interaction than me showing a photograph of myself at work so i could be in a cafe working or something like that. And I'll just tap out a little selfie of me um, tipping my keyboard, right? My fingers hovering over the keys of my keyboard. Mm-hmm. People love, the readers love that. They think, oh, yes, he's on top of it. He's working. He's getting something done. We're going to have a book soon. Those sort of things. I think behind the scenes is a very mm-hmm. good way that we can all utilize, regardless of what genre we're writing in, whether you're writing in YA or romance or dark crime or cozy crime whatever genre you're writing in i think showing your audience a behind the scene look of the coffee shop you write in or the desk you work at from home or you know the maybe a little tease of of a a paragraph or something that you've you've written i think a behind the scenes look is one surefire way to get your audience interested or even more importantly as it is on social media interacting with you so they might give that a like or a a comment on it and and that's working in your favor every like and every comment you get means that that reader will be shown your feed when you post mm-hmm. on social media so tip three um be personable be personal show them behind the scenes what what is life like as an author and that that's um one that's universal across all authors listening to this today yes that's absolutely right i think um what you're saying there is, is like you show them behind the scenes, but you don't you don't just bombard them with like what you'd put on your personal page yeah. that you'd be sharing with friends. Yeah, there is a difference. Um, yeah, but but I, what I like is I find about it is you can you know I put a post up the other day. I didn't have a picture, but I put a post up the other day saying I th- I mentioned on here I put on my fa- on my personal Facebook ad, uh, page I had to paint a fence. And I'll always oh, add yeah. that with like a little dry, dry comment about like my rock and roll lifestyle as being an author or something like off to yeah. do the food shop or something, something like that. Yeah. But that again, that's me being personal with them. That's me like letting the curtain down. Like, um, it's not, yeah. I'm not this, you don't, don't only know me because I put books in front of them or because I tell them about how well the books are doing. You know, I give them updates all the time about, oh, my God, I've just written a villain that makes all the other villains look like you know, absolute, like, 
nothing compared to this guy yeah and they love it because it gets them excited it gets them built up but i think yeah they're definitely giving them the behind the scenes look at how you produce what you produce for them is is um a key one and again david i've got another one that dovetails quite nicely into your one mm-hmm. um we're so in sync um <laughs> but tip tip number four is a really obvious one but it's post regularly yeah, it's so I true. Yeah. Yeah, don't I, I leave it seven de- or ten days before you make your next post. Get on top of no, it. it. It's something I just I never I never really did until I went full time and then I started taking this a bit seriously. And I think I said to you the other day, I've grown my Facebook following um quite a lot over, uh, since I've gone full time. And yeah. that is because I think it said something like I got a message from the other day saying like two hundred and eighty days, something along those lines. I've increased my visibility daily on Facebook. Now that is, that can just be me posting an image of the cover one day. The next day I could post something that just says two and a half thousand words done today. Yes. Yeah. And and it's just, like you said, it's, it's keeping my name. It's keeping, you know, my profile picture. So it's keeping my name, my face and my books in my reader's minds. Yeah. But because I'm I'm doing it at least once a day, so I, I focus on Facebook. I you know, if you're doing this on TikTok, if you're a TikTok a TikToker, you should be doing at least one TikTok video a day. If yeah. you're cultivating your fan base on Instagram, you should be posting at least once a day on Instagram. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't I don't do Twitter uh, because I think it's a cesspool. Um, yeah, I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, but but if you're again, if you're on Twitter, you should be tweeting at least once a day, because what that does is it's not just what it does for um, you know the 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 fan or the reader personally. Like I said, like sticking your name in their head again and giving you know bringing them a bit more into your journey with you, but also you're getting more engagement, which then means the algorithms behind those social media platforms are going to serve your content to the same people. So they see everything you post. So you get exactly. more engagement, yeah. but then what it will do, and this is how the algorithms work is it will then put it to like, um, similar profiles. Yeah. So you'll start getting posted up. So if you've got like a feed that just, you want to know about books or something like that, because your posts are about books and they're getting more engagement, they'll go in that. So the, the key one uh, this is a real key point i think and it's such an easy one is just do it every day and if you think oh i don't have something to say every day then you just have to think a little bit harder like i said it doesn't have to always be about books it yeah, could just it's... be about at life it, yeah or being personal like yeah or your, your your journey as an author it's it it's a little bit irksome to hear um author well not just authors my wife's a creative coach so um anybody setting up a digital business oh i don't know what to put on social media it's really not that difficult and it doesn't take long it's like two minutes <laughs> to put up a post so just have a little think outside the box again as as robert um pointed out in in tip number two it is about tone and finding the right tone because you, you want your readers or your fans to want to see your feed they want to see your posts in their feed okay so uh, get it right so we've already given you a couple of tips like being personal and showing them behind the scenes but what else what other posts can you relate to the tone of your books and the genre of your books it's really not that difficult and if you do one um for the five days a week the five business working days of the week monday to friday you will like robert has seen exponential growth in his social media uh, for 280 days running and um, i've done the same i don't know how long mine is going on but it's it's that regular posting that really helps the organic growth of your um readership mm-hmm so uh, i'll just give you another tip here it, this is tip number five and it might also give people ideas of, of what they can post Um, don't be afraid to sing about your achievements because your mm. readers will want to support you in that so if you get um an orange band you get that number one on amazon fucking share that that's going uh-huh. on your social media. That's going on my social. Oh, I'm number one in um, psychological thrillers today in the UK. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and so what I'm what I'm posting there is I'm number one in psychological thrillers in the UK today. Thank you. 
thank you for all your support and yeah. helping me achieve this. So I, I'm not, I, I look, I am gloating, but I'm putting it back on the readers. Thank you. You's helped make yeah. this happen. Um, and that will get tons of interaction, tons of likes and, and comments. And I, I, know, I know I cringe when I say I'm, I'm seeking likes, but the thing about it is the more interaction you get, the more you are implementing yourself into people's feeds. So, so I've started, I didn't want to do this because I thought it was a bit cringy, but I started doing it a few months ago and it really works. Um, I share, if I see a great review for one of my books now, I'll take a screenshot out of it and I'll share it on my social media and I'll go, wow, Jennifer really loved In the Middle of Middle America. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for this review. Now, this allows my followers to understand that I appreciate great reviews and I appreciate getting to number one and it gives them the idea that they might start to do the same that they might go oh I'm, I'm going to leave reviews I didn't realize that this guy loved reviews his reviews so much or you know that he even looked at them or he was even willing to share them so this actually helps me get more reviews the fact that I am being boastful about getting great reviews so Another, this is, my wife helped me with this sharing. I didn't want to be sharing these types of things or boasting online and stuff like that. Now, there's certain ways of going about it. And like I said, put it back on the audience. Thank them. It's not just about you. But um, it's so good for your own mental health to really pull out yeah. all the positives and be focusing on the positives. Uh, so, so sharing big news like that, like you got the number one or you got this great five-star review, don't be afraid no. to share that and put it back on the reader themselves. It's just some, another thing to think about. There, I, I've already said Monday to Friday, post something every day. I've given you two, right? Be personal. So show them a picture of you at the work desk or, you know, show them something great, a great review. That's two of your five done already. Yeah. Every week you can do something like that. So there, there's we've come up with five tips so far. We, we told you we're giving you six. What, what, what's the sixth tip that we can really help um, our listeners with, Rob? Before I give my little sneaky sixth tip, um, uh -huh. just to, to to go on to your one, the point you were making yeah, about sorry, yeah. when you're putting your you're putting your review out there, mm -hmm. and you're saying that you're putting it back in, it, what you're also doing is you're selling the book to yes, people exactly. who might not have read that yet. Yeah, who might not have read that yet because you're saying this person thought this book was fantastic. Like, yeah. read her review, and so someone will read that review and go, yeah, I'm in because they That's might have very... read like three of your other books. That's a very it's good point, marketing. Rob. It, 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 this idea that, um, and I found this a lot, the idea that, oh, somebody's read In the Middle of Middle America, or they've read the America Trilogy, and the fact oh. that I think, oh, well, that means they've gone through my whole back catalogue because they must have read them and thought they were great. But, you know, people have lives, so they're not just yeah. sitting on tender hooks waiting on a David B. Lyons book. So reminding them constantly of the different books that you have out because – just because you're posting about it doesn't mean they've seen everything. So do get as much out there as you possibly can to yeah. re remind and, and people that you write great books. Exactly. And and it links into, we, we did a whole episode about how we got thousands of reviews for yeah. our books. That's right. Um, so go back and check that out if you want to go into it in depth. But I did one the other day that the seventh book in my Sam Pope series was on like 940 reviews. So I took a picture, I took a screenshot of it, circled yeah. the reviews, put it on my Facebook group saying, let's get this to a thousand. If you haven't left a review, please do, because that'll be a hell of a milestone. And then three days later, I got, so I, I got over 50 reviews in, or ratings just Brilliant. by doing that. With a big and then I just took a that. screenshot of it when it was like 1,003 or something. I took a screenshot, circled it and just another update just saying you guys are the best thank you and it got yeah. loads of likes got awesome. loads of likes um but but what that did for me is it's it's massively helped my business cost me nothing yeah but i bought my readers along on the journey as if you guys have played a massive part here which they do and if you can cultivate that that you guys are a part of this it is it's such a useful tool to have and again massive, it's free yeah. and it's free my, my sixth tip isn't free Okay. okay. Um, so, but this this will help you grow your social media. So, I think we're massive proponents of Facebook ads, paid for Facebook ads. That's what you and I've built our business on. So, this mm -hmm. this one really does pertain to if you are running Facebook ads, you will more than likely start getting likes. If you've got a good ad, good copy, good image, yeah, you'll get more likes than you'll get clicks. 
Oh, no, you might get more clicks than you get likes or whatever, however it works, but you, you'll get more likes yeah. and you'll get sales because people yeah. just like the image. They think it's good. That looks good. Like, like, like. People like stuff. If you click on the number of likes you've got, it'll give ad. you the list of people who are there on the ad. So I've yeah. got an ad at the moment that's got like two and a half thousand likes. If I click on that 2.5K likes, I click on that, it'll give me a list of everyone who's liked it broken down yeah. by like like love doing the wow face yeah. some people doing the laughing face because they think i'm a joke because you always get the odd person who yeah. thinks i'm a knockoff lee child but what you do is there's a little invite button next to all the names and there's Great no tip. way of bulk doing it i've looked into it i've yeah, tried to find what is the visual one this. So so keep on top of this every time you get like a comment or go to it every couple of days and just invite any new likes, invite, 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 invite. So for all of them, I, I did this the other day on an ad that uh, had like nearly 2000 likes. I hadn't done this at all. I just went through the whole thing. I sat down for like an hour and a half. I was like watching an episode or something while I was doing it. Just click, click, yeah, invite, easy. invite. And I th I think I got like something like 350 new followers. And I've done this over the right. last whatever. And I've I've over doubled my um, following on Facebook by just clicking invite on this thing. So if you're running Facebook ads, obviously the real benefit you want out of that is sales. The tiny little benefit you can also get out of it is getting a lot more followers on Facebook. And again, this you're paying for the ad but you can just go in and just invite the people who have even just interacted with your ad. And again, if you can pull them in, you can build your readership. So it's definitely one to keep on top of because the last thing you want to do is sit there for an hour and a half because you can only invite like five at a time and then you have to scroll, invite, scroll. It can be yeah, a bit scroll, monotonous, yeah. but it's, it's worth doing. It's definitely worth doing. It's definitely worth doing. Yeah, builds that social media following. Um, so yeah, that, that's six tips. If you have any further questions about how to utilize your social media, of course, hit the two indie authors up on our social media, on our Facebook page, Two Indie Authors Podcast. Two Indie Authors. Go, go, go. Go, go, David. It's the mailbag. I got a question because it's oh, the mailbag. Jesus and I want an answer because it's the mailbag. You know, I don't give a fuck because it's the mailbag. You find me in the club. Bottle full of my manga. What you need? There you go. I, I, I've come with oh. a bit of a, an urban twang today. Nice. 50 pence. <laughs> Five pence. Oh, you're too generous. You're too generous. <laughs> well, that's the worst one ever. Oh no! Yeah, not not a fan of the old hip hop, David. Huh? Oh, not <laughs> I'm when a I big do fan it. of anyway. hip hop. That's why that's the worst one ever. <laughs> anyway, it is the mailbag, and no shit. Um, this week, yeah. <laughs> and this week's question comes from S. J. Snell and S. J. Snell's got a nice, short, snappy question for us, David. Which is, has any? It was posted in our Facebook group. Um, has anyone got any advice for writing a good bio? Um, do you oh, have any advice yes. for that? Yeah, we we sort of lightly brushed on this last week, actually, when we're talking about the Amazon sales page. Um, mm. or was that the week before? But yeah, a bio very important. A uh, little bit of. Um, digital space uh, uh, uh -huh. on uh, for the indie author community. Uh, your author bio is on the left-hand side of your author page on Amazon. So um, SJ, I would, uh, first thing first, it, it's um, written in third person, okay? So you're not saying, uh -huh. I am SJ Snell and I write um, psychological horror or whatever it is. It's S.J. Snell is a best-selling author uh -huh. of psychological horror. So it's not coming from you. It looks like it's actually Amazon themselves have written yeah. this about you. So make sure you're writing it in uh, third person is the one big tip. And I think I said this on the show. Uh, start with start with something punchy. Like I just gave, gave you a good example there. S.J. Snell is the best-selling author of psych psychological horror thriller novels. So give them a real punchy start. That, like the opening sentence really says what it is you do on the tin. Yeah. Um, I think a really good thing about that as well is if a lot of other websites will take your bio from your Amazon page. 
So yes. you want it to be sort of third person because then it sounds like it's being provided to them, not like it doesn't sound like just like a social media post of I am so-and-so and, oh, um, you know, I, I write books, please read them. Um, but that just sounds like a bad I would... PR release, you know, a press release. It's not, it's yeah. not right. Um, so, so for me, I think keep it short, keep it snappy. Um, tip, yeah. On the Amazon sales page episode we did a couple of weeks back, I, mm. I read mine out and it was so brief. Yeah. Um, I just hit the main points. I give a little thing about um, what books I write. And then you do the usual thing of like, I reside in Buckinghamshire with my, my wife and my daughter. Um, yeah, I think like writing, the end. yeah, writing earnestly for a living and dreaming of the day he can get a dog. That's, that's my, my little sign off thing. Yeah. Um, what I have in the backs of my books about the author is even less than that. I don't even say is the author of these books. I just have the, he lives in Buck. Robert Robert resides in Buckinghamshire um, with his wife and daughter, writing you know diligently for a living and dreaming of the day he can get a dog. To find out more, visit his website. It's yeah. so short and brief because I don't really feel like your author bio is your sales page. It should just be the uh, that's not your sales pitch. Your author bio. It's it's that's just who are you, um, yeah. and it needs to be just snappy and professional. Um, I would say like when I say keep it short and snappy is if you've got a major award, say you've won the Kindle storyteller prize, like you, you lead with that. Or if you've yeah. won a major literary award, yeah, get your headline at the top. If you've won, I don't know, some bloggers, I don't know, book of the month. <laughs> I wouldn't put like, Oh, this book. And then just start listing them off. Like your, your books, yeah. you shouldn't have synopsises of your books and you shouldn't have paragraphs about who you are. It should just be short and snappy. And unlike this answer now, straight to the point. <laughs> to Okay, Rob, it's time for the seven questions. We've lined up another great guest um, on the show today. It is private investigator author PFUs. Paul is what the P stands for. Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure. I'm looking forward to uh, your answers to these uh, seven questions, Rob. Mm. It's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul, um Again, I like how David's saying thank you for joining us on the show. Um, before we get going with the seven questions, do you want to give an introduction to yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so I'm uh, P.F. Hughes. I'm um, primarily a, a crime author. Um, I have three books out at the moment, uh, although I have written a few more. Um, but the ones that I've currently published are on my um, private investigator series. Uh, the second is a guy called Jim Lock, and he's a uh, He's an ex-copper uh, with a few issues. Um, uh, it's Hard Rain is uh, book one. Uh, Playing with Fire book two and Bloodlines is book three. I'm currently working on a, a prequel novella at the moment uh, before I go into book uh -huh. four. So I, I want to uh -huh. do that first. And then I kind of roughly plan for about 10 books. Um, but I'm, I, I won't say I'm getting bored of it at the moment, but I, there are a few other projects that I want to kind of move on mm. to, which I'm kind of working on at the moment. Um, more of a police procedural I'm working on at the minute. But, yeah, the books I have out now, um, they're doing okay. Yeah, so far, so good. And uh, really enjoying it. And my readers seem to seem to like him. Well, let's say about 60% of them do. About <laughs> uh, well, 60% read through. So uh, I kind of gaining from... The thing I'm, I'm getting from that is like most most of them seem to go on and, and read. That's uh, that's rest. a high number, Paul. That's impressive. Ah. Yeah, well, to be honest, I, I didn't really know whether that was good or not, really. But um, yeah, apparently it is. So yeah, I'm quite quite happy so far. Anyway. It is. Well, what you got to do is get a million people to buy book one, and then six hundred thousand people will buy book two. Oh, <laughs> Sixty percent is a big number, yeah, depending on yeah <laughs> how big the original number is to start with. Uh, yeah, so before before I published those books, I was um, I've been writing since I was a kid, really. So you know, quite a long time. But um, mm -hmm. to the indie the indie game, I kind of got into it about uh, well, twenty fourteen. I, I first published a book, and that was uh, an urban fantasy. 
Um, but I took that down because it wasn't really getting anywhere. And I didn't really know what I was doing uh, at the time anyway. So I, yeah. I took that down. I thought I'll rework that and maybe republish it later on. So that's another one I've got kind of going on at the moment. Oh, it's, it's in the canon. Yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, it's been a, 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 so it's really about seven years or so, probably even a bit more, isn't that? Nearly nine years since you started dipping your toes into the in the auto world. Yeah, I mean, when I first did it, um, I, I left that first book out for about a year on Kindle. Didn't really know what I was doing. I had no clue about marketing, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just left it up there, and um, in the end, I decided to take it down. I, I tried to learn a bit more about it. I, I got Mark Dawson's course, uh, the one-on-one course, and... Um, yeah, and I thought, well, do you know what? I'm gonna have another go at this, and uh, right, something different, something I'm <laughs> more excited about, and that turned out to be the private investigator series. So, uh, yeah. Great. Well, it looks great. That and Private Investigator Series looks so mm-hmm. good. Your packaging and your branding all around it is amazing. So um, do check it out. PFUs on Amazon. A Hard Rain is book number one in that series. So given it's nine years um, of experience, this should be interesting, Rob, these seven questions. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm going to kick things off, Paul, with the first question, which is, as always, are you a full-time author? No, I'm not, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. that, is the, that is the aim, long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get to that point where I can uh, even go part-time would be would be great for me, really. Um, yeah. I work uh, full-time as a bus driver, so um, mm-hmm. my hours are quite um, problematic. Um, I work something called middle duty, so I tend to start work about midday-ish and finish about half eight, uh, nine o'clock at night. So mm-hmm. when I want to get my work in, uh, the writing lies. Um, I, I try and get up about six o'clock in the morning and get an hour's writing in before the kids get up for school because otherwise I can't get anything done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, the, the kind of the way I, I go about it. Um, the work is, um, is a bit full on. Um, it can be mentally draining. So the job yeah. is my day job. It can be mentally draining. So when I get home at night, I'm absolutely knackered as well. So yeah, uh, it's quite difficult to, um, you know, use those different hats uh, that you yeah. know, in in the author, you know, the writing side and the business side and the marketing. It's, it's difficult to find time to, you know, compartmentalise each one and, uh-huh. and um you know, do do things that way, but um, I'm coping and coping with it. But yeah, the, the long term aim is to is to eventually not work on the head completely. Um, uh-huh. um, I've been in that that work for about ten years, so yeah, that's okay. fascinating. Because as as a driver, you're constantly tuned in. Like, there's no there's no tuning out um, in, in your regular job, your full time job. So yeah, I can understand. Um, how draining it would be, but that's amazing. You've got three of these um, Jim Locke books out now. So, how long has it taken you to write these three whilst you've been um, uh, bus driving? Well, before I um, came into bus driving, I was I was writing those books for about um, two years. Um, oh, right. I even ended up driving buses. So, when it came to publishing them. Um, they, they were ready, but they weren't ready, and I wasn't quite ready mindset-wise for information yeah. because I, I just started this new job, and when my son was born as well, so we had a lot of that to deal with, and you know, being a new father and things like that was was quite difficult to kind of juggle the the, yeah. the indie business and the writing side of it and my my new job because it, it can take two years really to, to kind of. Uh-huh. Where yeah. to be a bus driver, you know what I mean? Yeah. Although you're driving a bus, it's quite intense um, until you get used to it. So it's. Yeah, uh, can imagine. Yeah, coming, it, it's quite difficult. So it took about five years to, to, to get those three books out. To get them out, yeah. I mean, yeah. writing them. The, the first book took me about probably about six months to write the first draft of it. But. Um, and then straight away I went on to book two uh, to write that. But, you know, when it came to uh, getting the books out, it, was, uh, it took me a while, really, to get my head around um, actually getting on to, you know, publishing them and, and 
be getting them out there. It's because of my experience with the previous book. Um, at the time, I, I only put, put that on Kindle. Um, that was called, that was a book called Daniel and the Dead, and that was in, in a different. That was under my name, Paul Paul Hughes, rather than my author name, Pierre Hughes. So I decided, when I went back into it, I decided to kind of rebrand, if you like, um, and, and I went with the, the Pierre Hughes uh, to kind of just change things. If yeah, not. and I, I'll come on to that in, in your next question, but um, yeah, when I published those three books, I decided to come away from Kindle, and I went wide. So. Um, Oh, that's interesting. That way, yeah, that is literally the, the next question. But first of all, before I ask the question too, you're, you're doing an amazing job um, with that full-time job and getting those books out there and being a father. You're doing fantastic, Paul. Um, so question two is, as, you, as you've brushed on, is, is have you decided to be wide or exclusive to Amazon with your eBooks? Um, when it came to publishing my Jim Lock series, I went wide. I just made the decision that I didn't want to have... Uh, all my eggs in, in one basket, as, as yeah, you know, and, uh, understandable. I'm just gonna put everything wide and see what happens. And uh, I went wide for about 18 months, and it was quite good, um, in a lot of ways. Um, I learned a lot on those platforms, um, but uh, sales wise, I found that it was about 20% of my sales were wide, and the rest were through Amazon. So I, I yeah. thought, you know, in the end, I'm gonna try KU. Um, so I've been in KU for about six months now. Uh, and how's that going? Quite well. Um, when I first went into it, I, my income doubled within a month. Great. Uh-huh. Uh, the page reads in there. Yeah. The page reads were about seventy percent. Um, oh wow! Great sales, but that's dropped off a little bit. It's a bit different now. Uh, it's more fifty-fifty. Um, so yeah, it's going. It's going well so far, but. Um, I've not got the experience of being in KU like you guys have. Um, I've kind of come from that wide sort of mentality, which was a bit different. Yeah. Um, a lot a lot more hard work, especially doing my job, because um, there's a lot of things to juggle when you're wide. Um, yeah. Especially in terms of, you know, things like setting up promotions and, and stuff like that with Kobo and Barnes and & Noble and... Um, Apple was a bit of a problem setting up promotions because they don't really let, yeah. let you in to do that unless you you know somebody. Um, so they're a bit of a problem, really. But having said that, I saw plenty of books on Apple, but it just wasn't in the same league as, as Kindle, really. So mm. that's why I decided to go back to just try KU completely. And, and, yeah. see what and so far, so good. So, yeah, hopefully it will keep oh. going. Good stuff. Um, I, I, we've all done the why thing come back to KU been through all that process um and like you say it's you do learn a lot of stuff a lot of stuff about the other platforms um which segues quite nicely into question three um about services and platforms what's the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without well for me this is that easy because um I, I couldn't write um the amount I try to write each day unless I had a Scrivener app on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I write a Scrivener at home on the Mac, and um, I, I really enjoy Scrivener. I prefer it to Word. Um, but um, the Scrivener app for your phone or for your tablet is brilliant for people like me if, you, if, you, if you're working long, long hours. And on the go. It's great because when I go on my lunch break, I can just go and, and, and work and, and do some writing on that, and it just syncs brilliantly uh, seamlessly with with dropbox and then when i get home from work if i want to carry on or i'm a day off uh-huh. i can just go into scrivener on my mac and it's it's all there for me i can just carry on it's it's just it's just really good and it also helps me feel like i'm actually getting the work done yeah while i'm at work because you know on my lunch break i can switch off and then pick the phone up and and just you know right away um People must think I'm, I'm addicted to texting or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sat there, kind of, you know, my thumbs round away. But um, that's what works for me, and, and that's that's the way I do it. And um, 
you know, in an ideal world, I wouldn't have to do that, and I'd be doing it from home completely. But yeah, but I bet you'd still be using Scrivener. It's a fantastic piece of software um, for writers writing fiction or nonfiction, just to compartmentalize um you know scenes or breakdowns of characters in one area where, where you're writing your prose and another it really is a big help so um, i'm a big uh, fan of scrivener myself so that's a that's an interesting answer paul um it, t- it takes us to a question that i know listeners um want answering more than any of the seven questions and that is how do you market your books paul uh, well for me it's mainly facebook ads um that's um, kind of where I'm, I'm getting the most uh, traction from. Mm-hmm. I have dipped my toe a little bit into Amazon ads, um, but it's a different beast entirely, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of learning, I think, um, to, to really get to grips with that. Um, and when, when I first went into Amazon ads, I, I set up a load of uh, ads, and I, I've got um, the ads for authors course, so I, I kind of went through that a little bit and... Uh, I'll give it a go. Uh, but I found that it just swallowed my money very quickly. So I just need to um, kind of get my head around that a little bit better. But yeah, Facebook ads um, are the one for me. They they work, um, work not always well, but I, I found that testing it. Um, you know, some, some ads work a lot better than others, uh, especially in different uh, territories as well. Um, I find that some ads work better in the USA and Canada than they do in the UK and Australia and South Africa and stuff like that, but yeah, I think I get most uh, most of my sales through Facebook ads uh, in the UK, so it's um, it's the way to go for me. And my partner Kellyanne, she um, she's really good at graphic design and things like that. She studied that, so she does the images for me, and she's just done a, a new batch of images yesterday. So I'm looking forward to oh, great. tweaking those over the weekend. Um, but yeah, it's about, like, it's like you guys say all the time, it's about testing. And um, mm-hmm. I've found over the past couple of years testing my ads, um, some, some of them worked a lot better than others. Um, and, you know, again, with the ad, with the ad copy and, and things like that. But I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And I think I'll always, I always will be kind of learning as, as we go along kind of with, with Facebook yeah. ads. It's a bit of a Otherwise, uh, with Facebook, because um, you know they're taking a lot of the targets in a way. Thanks um, mm. to iOS, and, and you know, so that's been something to kind of uh, get around, really. But um, yeah. But, just- um- I think what you're what you're saying there, though, uh, Paul, is really really interesting. It's a good one for our listeners to know because this is why it's important to go on the journey of learning from like the ground up how to use the facebook ad platform and how to build it because when something like that happens and they take a load of targeting away you because you've done all the testing and you've done all the learning you know how to pivot um and and roll with the changes because everything's going to change in a year's time everything's going to be different again um but if you just give someone like this golden ticket to go here you go from now you're just going to be doing this without all the learning beforehand which is what we try and talk about you wouldn't be able to know how to pivot um, when that happens. But yeah, I think um, Facebook ads is, is is a very prominent part of, of an author's um, advertising. Yeah, it's an, ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. And um, I'm always learning something new in it. That, you know, I say I have, I have got my courses, yeah. so I'm kind of working on them when I can. Yeah. I want to be able to sit down and do a crash course for two weeks and, and you know, put something well, up. Every uh, every day should be a school day, um, but obviously we're still um, learning now as we do this. But what is, and this is question number five, is what is the one thing you know now that you wish you'd known from the outset? Uh, mindsets. Mm. Uh, coming into this, this thing with the, with the right mindset and uh, the right commitment and um, all those all those mm-hmm. things, um, because um, I don't think you can come into it in a, in a half-assed way. Um, you have to uh, get your head down and, and really commit on a daily basis, um, wearing all those kind of hats that you need, you know, the writing hat, the business hat, the, the marketing, which I'm not comfortable with, to be honest with you, the marketing yeah. business side. But 
Uh, yes, I think you just need to come in with a with a with a great mindset, and um, I wish I'd have known that five, yeah, I'd... five years ago because I've probably been in a slightly different place now. Um, but I, you know, I need to listen to my own advice and kind of sit down <laughs> and get and get on with that really, and 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 just just go at things the way the way I know I should do. Yeah. That's the thing, Paul. But we've been recording thirty-seven episodes of this now, and I listen back to them, and I think, why am I taking my own fucking advice? Like I'm giving advice out over the airwaves, and thinking I don't even do that. I need to get on top of that. But I have to say, that you're the thirty-seventh guest now on the show to answer the seven questions. I think that's my favorite answer to that particular question because for me, Rob and I talk about this very often. The mindset is crucial. It you can't come into it half-arsed. You really can't. And my, my wife just happens to be a creative coach who works on the mindset of creative people. So I've got a big advantage at home. Like you have a big advantage here. You can, you, can, um, you, you can be the best writer in the world, but not sell books if your mindset isn't right on how we approach this and then how we go about this game. Um, so that, that's, a lot of, that's a big positive to help out our, our listeners. But you might be able to help them out again with question six. What's the biggest frustration for you as an independent author? Uh, for me, it's got to be, um, well, two things really, budget and time management. Uh, um, yeah. I'm working with a very tight budget at the moment. It's difficult um, to have the the available cash to put into my marketing and to have money set yeah. aside for my editing and, you know, cover design. Things like that. So, yeah, it's it, that's the main thing, and um, and time management as well. You know, we, I work a busy job. I'm, I'm out of the house ten hours a day. I've got two young kids, so the family life takes takes on quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's that's frustrating for me. I always think if I have, if I had more time, if I had more money, but you know, it's all what ifs, isn't it? Really, I guess I just. Um, you know, need to um, manage manage my time better, and um, if I, if I can do that, and then you know make more sales, so I have more budget, and, and every, everything I do then goes back into my my business, really into into marketing. That book. So I'm not going to take any profit out at the moment. I'm not at that stage. I hope to be at that stage in a year or two. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I sometimes think if we had spare ten grand, I could I could play around with it a bit better. But um, I kind of have to work with what I have. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I, sh- I should say at this point, I normally do to people in your position. Um, it- it's normally book five, Paul. Yeah. By the time you know you start to see that money come in, and I understand that it's the chicken and the egg situation of. Um, I need to pay my Amazon ads today and I'm not going to get paid for the sales I make today for another 60 days, which is how Amazon works. So yet there's so many authors in your position in terms of um, having that capital to lay down because your books will sell that they look so Mm. good and they've got so many great reviews. It's just a matter of, as Rob will tell you, he's always preaching this, writing that next book, getting it out there. By the time you get to book five, Paul, I can see, honestly, and I wouldn't say this to everybody, but I can really see um, that Jim Locke series taking off and getting that read through. The more books you have, yeah. the more um, yeah, money is going to Yeah, thank you. I just want to um, write as fast as I can. Really. And there's other things yeah. I want to write as well. I, I don't want to um, sort of limit myself with, with the Jim Locke series. I've got other, another crime series, and mm-hmm. I've just started on these, these other novels, sort of standalone that I want to do as well. But... Um, yeah, they, they look great in the books, and, and Stuart Bates did those covers, so I'm, I'm going to see as well. Yeah. Ah. Why they look so good. Friend um, of the show. Yeah, yeah. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's really good, so he'll probably carry on doing those covers going forward. But, um, yeah, everything I everything I earn goes back into the business at this stage. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, so as someone who who recently, within the last year, made the transition from full time to uh, to a full time author. For years, I didn't take any money out of, the, apart from maybe the odd night out. Maybe just we'll pay for that with the book money. Everything just went back in. But that's why I'm such a 
proponent mm. of nothing will sell your book more than the next book because once I started hitting milestones and then for me it was probably book six ish because I got a second box set out as once I started getting the box sets because the box set were like free money almost because I've already paid for everything I've already paid for the editing all that and people will, will swoop in for a box set but it was those types of things so once I kind of hit another milestone of like another box set I know for a fact like it goes up and it goes up but the more stuff you have for people, the more they're going to invest in it. So um, I'd say managing the time to be able to write more will increase the budget you will get to be able to pump back into it, if that makes sense. Exactly. And that's, I guess, what I was trying to say a minute ago, uh, Rob. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, and going forward as well, these are the things I want to do with, you know, I want to, I want to do audio books and I want to do hardcovers and then, Mm-hmm. All this stuff, but having the the kind of budget to do that at, the, at this stage is, yeah. is difficult. So yeah, that's that's the frustrate frustration for me at the moment yeah yeah well I, I t- you're on the right path you like you said you're reinvesting the stuff in you're putting time aside to write you've got an awesome series that's coming I th- again it's just one of those ones where um you, you're probably not where you, you want to be but you're on the path to getting there so as long as you stick to it you'll get there um so that's a just a little bit of advice from us it's going to lead lovely into the final question paul which is number seven what is the one piece of advice you would like to give to our listeners? Well, that's blown by, isn't it? This is so quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's two things, really. Um, the first one is, is a practical thing, and that's um, make sure you back up your work because if, if you don't, you're yes. in danger of losing it. And I've just recently found Ooh, out yes. that, um, you know, we had a problem with our, with our Mac and had to go for repair. And... Um, when it came back, the repair guy said, you might have lost some files. And uh, sure enough, all my work was gone. Oh, oh, it was no. an absolute nightmare. I felt like crying. But um, thankfully, thankfully, because I used Dropbox and because I had the Scrivener app, everything was saved in Dropbox, so I could get it back um. on. Yeah, make sure you um, you back your work up. It's really important because you don't want to get to that point where, you know, for five or ten minutes, I was I was basically in the pits of hell, absolute nightmare. I thought everything's yeah. gone. The stuff I'm working on at the moment, my work's in progress. There's a few of them that I'm doing, and I just thought I'll lost it. So back to work up. And yeah. um, the other thing is, um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do this. Um, really, that's I think that's really important. So important. Yeah. And people will say to you, your friends and your family around you, they'll say. Well, you can't write a book. How how dare you write a book? And, and how dare you have the audacity even to, to go and publish that book yourself? So, mm. yeah, don't let anybody tell you that. And, you know, you go ahead and, and you know, have that self-belief. And if you've got an ambition to write um, something, then just go ahead and do it. If you've written something already and you haven't published it yet, just publish it and uh, get it out there and, and see, see what happens because... Um, you know, you might be surprised, and yeah, that's it. Really, just have the self belief, and um, you know, the the it's the self belief to go and go and do it. Don't let anybody tell you. You're dead right. You're 100 percent right. That's great yeah, advice to it. pass on to anybody in any realm, but particularly um, in the creative arts. Uh, what an apps that that half an hour flew, and it was a pleasure to spend the half an hour in your company. We we wouldn't necessarily say this to every every guest we have on the show but you are absolutely on the right path i'd say you're on a very similar path to robert was on maybe 18 months yeah. two years ago three books out there trying to get out of this um day job to do this full time it was more books that did it for robin and, and and it just kept tumbling from there so we have full faith that you'll be you'll be a full-time author in no time well i hope so that's the plan and um yeah that's that's the aim that's what I'm going for. But yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure, guys. I uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, keep up the great work. You know, with the podcast, it's brilliant. Thanks, Paul. To Another show, David. Another seven questions and a fascinating chat we just had with Paul. Yeah, yeah, another great uh, in the author, another uh, fantastic gentleman, part of our, our community. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, fascinating answers. Every, it doesn't matter who we have on, 
um, for the seven questions, they may have published one book, they may have published a hundred. You always get an interesting um, insight into how somebody is progressing uh, their careers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just fantastic um, answers there from Paul. Open my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. He was well again, like you said, it's just it does it's just different answers. It's just such a great way. Yeah. Everyone can navigate this journey differently. And that's what's just so fascinating about We're it. We're so geniuses, um, me and you, the two in the artist. Like it's just <laughs> genius that we came up with that. Well, seven same questions. seven questions with different <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We're just somehow we're geniuses. Somehow. Yeah, we, we came up with this incredible notion that if you ask someone a question, you might get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like nobody's ever thought of asking questions before we're just <laughs> i mean i don't know i think we should get crowns or something like that i think we've 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 just created journalism <laughs> yes yes we've invented journalism june 2023 oh um david what are you doing for the next seven days before i speak to you again that will be dependent on my meeting on monday i'm hoping mm. um all things I'm, I'm trying not to get excited about it but um at the same time i can't really help it to be honest with you on tuesday morning when i come back from london i'm hoping i am writing a screenplay for a yeah. production company who want to sign it up um if, if if that's not what i'm doing i will be getting dug into my novella which i'm hoping to get out in august as i said at the top of the show so um big meeting on monday i'll be writing either way tuesday onwards um, nice. What about you, Robert? Any plans? Um, I am going to start um, putting all my stuff together for my launch. Um, it's less than a month well, away. Have you got a date, a launch date? What's the launch date? Uh, 28th of July. So um, ah. it, there's a bit of a quick turnaround for my book, but I'll start putting all the things in place, like speaking to my um, my advanced reader team, getting all my social media yeah. posts ready, like my launch, you know, one week to go of tomorrow, those types of things. Yeah. So I'll just the probably get keys and countdown. Yeah. I'll get on top of all those over the next, um, over the next week or so. I've got some end of, it's the end of Q1 in our, you know, if we're doing, you know, finance stuff. So I've got to send stuff off to my accountant, yeah. which is always fun. Um, and Me then too. I'm in the middle of that. Yeah. If I get a little bit of time after I've done all my other sort of admin that I've pushed back while I was in the writing zone, I might start formulating some ideas for the next book. But we shall see. David, it's been a pleasure as always. And I will thank you to our listeners for listening to us. And I will speak to you next week. Thank you very much. See you soon. Oh